Podcasting to all of Azeroth, this is World of Warcast. I'm Renata. And I am Starman. And welcome to another episode. We survived another week. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm feeling a little down today. What with the Giants game and all. Yeah, the Giants lost. Yeah, and big uh, time. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, they, I play, should, they played I'm like all... the Jets. <laughs> Oh, it was it was really really depressing, but uh, I'll I'll get through it somehow. It's been a busy week. Uh, we've gotten a lot of very positive feedback about bringing the show back, so we want to thank everybody for that. It's it's very very appreciated. And um, I oh one thing I want to mention, yes, I know that the audio levels were a little screwed up last week, and uh, I'm going to try and make sure that that does not happen this week. I not exactly sure why it happened, but. Um, I'll figure it out like I always do. So what do we have to talk about? We've got lots of news. The big news is... The patch. The patch. The, the patch. <laughs> this has got to be one of the worst patches I've ever seen. I am really, really surprised how buggy it was considering how much time it's been in test. Well, yeah, but if you read some of the notes from some of the third-party mod developers, it seems as if they didn't have enough time to to make the mods work properly. So maybe it wasn't in, in test as long as it should have been. Well, this has got to be the buggiest patch they've ever released. I mean, I, I haven't been through that many patches, only the past six months, but, mm -hmm. I mean, the servers were almost unplayable for a few I couldn't days. get in. It, well, because I play both on the Mac and my PC, my PC is my main machine, my Mac is not... But I patched the Mac in like five minutes because the download was very fast. The PC side took forever, like hours to download the patch. And yes, I know I could go to other places and download it, but even those places were not allowing me to download. And I couldn't even get in. Once I got the patch installed, I couldn't even get into the game. Yeah, they have, were having some real problems with authentication. There were a lot of people. Well, actually, there are some people who I was reading the, the official... Uh, bug report and technical support forums today. You know, there's st there's still people who can't get in, who are still having problems with um, their characters not showing up correctly, with not even being able to get into their characters at all. It's there's some, understandably, some pretty upset wow. people out there. My guild had an Anixia raid. Uh, I think it was on Wednesday, and. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't get into the game. And it was just as well because we're short on a few people. There was, there was actually some real-world stuff going on that day where um, people just weren't playing. So the raid was canceled, which in itself is no big deal, but I couldn't get in. And uh, some other people were having problems. Some people were saying that they were able to get in if they just let the machine run for five or ten minutes, but I couldn't get in at all. Yeah, I found that, that if you just let the characters sit... On first on the authentication, then on the handshaking. But you're right; it would sometimes take up to ten minutes mm -hmm. to get in if you were patient and you didn't get dropped. That was fine. But uh, it has been getting a little better, and I know that Blizzard has been applying hot fixes to some of the problems. I know the mail system was really, really screwed up, but they seem to have gotten rid of most of the bugs. I mean, the problem was is that anyone who had gotten back auction mail before the patch, from before the patch, like they put up auctions 
the, the day before the patch that and the, the mail would have come through after the patch and they couldn't open it people had sold things and they couldn't get their money hmm. or their wow. items or whatever you know whether they bid on them or whether they were selling them and some people found some workarounds namely that they could debug their mail by going to that mail opening it and then logging and then they could come back and open the next pe- piece of mail Oh, I and then see. log okay. again, but you know, if you've got a lot of mail, <laughs> that gets that gets a little tedious. And uh. so they they had problems with that. They had all kinds of problems with the battlegrounds, you know, level sixties ending up in level thirty battlegrounds, uh, people ending up in um, the multi queues where they would be queued up for two or more. Battlegrounds, they get called into one, but they wouldn't be let out of the queue, so they'd be playing in Warsong Gulch for a little while, and suddenly they'd get pulled into Rathy Basin. Which, you know, understandably. <laughs> Without <laughs> even a confirmation? Well, some people oh, have wow. mods which will automatically take them into a battleground after 10 seconds. And those people were getting oh, pulled because they automatically. Were, yeah. But there Probably were some because other... they were built before this patch. Exactly. And the other problem was is that they were calculating the numbers of participants in the battlegrounds based on the number of people who were in queue. So say, you know, 15 people are in queue, 10 get pulled into Warsong Gulch, and then Arathi Basin opens. Five people go into Arathi Basin, and all the people who are in, Arathi, are in Warsong Gulch go, no way, I don't want to go, I'm already in Warsong Gulch. And they cancel it, you'd end up with like, you know, Ten peop- ten alliance and five horde, because they were they were balancing the numbers oh. <laughs> based on the the people who were already in Warsong Gulch. So it was, uh, oh. and there's there's still problems. Um, there I I um, was looking at the official the, uh, forums today and kind of have a list of some of the ones that are still causing problems. Um, one of the ones that affected me personally is that there's a charge bug that occurs around water. And this affects both warriors and druids who have the feral charge. Is it a talent? Right. Yeah. Um, if you charge over water or into water or out of water, basically what happens is you get desynced with the server and you get a major location bug such that the server no longer knows where you are in relation to where you think where you think you are i was in <laughs> i was in ashara fighting with my husband's priest and basically got stuck in a tide pool because i ch- i charged over the tide pool to go after this naga and got stuck in the middle of it because my character had desynced and the worst part about it was I tried to unstick, I tried to hearth, I tried to log out, and I kept getting, can't do this while moving. And I see myself standing, standing not even still. in the puddle, I'm standing, you know, 30 feet from the puddle. And my husband's looking at looking at my character saying, no, you're still in the puddle. And that got, that was very frustrating because the only way I could get out of it was I eventually had to cold reboot my computer because everything had gotten so locked up. Well, couldn't you just have disconnected the network cable? Um, well, 
I could do that, but <laughs> I've got so much stuff piled on top of my CPU, I probably would have caused an avalanche if I had oh, done okay. that. So it, I just I just cold rebooted and got out of it. But it's um, basically don't charge anywhere near water um, or else you're going to run into this desync bug. And they, they said they're, they're going to they're aware of the problem and they're going to fix it. But but as I said, there's all kinds okay. of... I'm sure they will. I mean, Blizzard's good at fixing things. Then there's the polymorph bug. Yeah, I've heard about this. I haven't seen it myself, though. Uh, one of the uh, one of the mages on the pod people was complaining about this. Basically, when you sheep something, the sheep then just kind of wanders away and wanders a long distance away. Um, Not in much... its usual little circle. Right, so it's going into areas where you really don't want to depolymorph it. Uh, that would be a bad thing. Um Dead players were not receiving, are still not receiving proper credit for kills. So mm-hmm. if you die while you're going after some monster, um, they're not receiving credit for having killed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another one of the problems that's being addressed. I guess there were some problems with a lot of trade skills. They may have fixed most of those where people just weren't skilling up on orange recipes. But the fishing problem still has not been fixed. Uh, apparently there's a problem where people are just not skilling up when they're fishing and that you know again it's with the water thing i i have to wonder why so many of the bugs seem to be centered around water i don't know i don't know how they designed the game around water i mean there are different ways that you can define water in a Mm -hmm. game so yeah it's got to be something in the way that it's implemented and designed but uh i I wonder if it has something to do with those special schools of fish or anything you know i don't know but that code introduced some sort of a bug that they uh they don't know um how to fix i know it's very fortuitous for me because i've been having a lot of real world um uh, things to do this week you know work and home and everything and so I didn't get a chance really to log into the game. And when I did, the only bug that I found was like I, I, you know how when you log into the game the first time, little objects sort of uh, pop into view a piece mm-hmm. at a time, including yourself. Like sometimes you know you'll see yourself, and I've got a pretty fast machine, but but still there are times when I'll see different pieces of my character sort of appear, mm-hmm. and my staff never did. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I, I hit um, I for my inventory. Or no, I'm sorry, it was C for my character. And um, my staff wasn't there in my character's inventory. Oh. So then I just checked my regular inventory, and it was there in a bag. And I know for a fact that I, don't take, I never take my staff off. Hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a big deal, but it did send me into a little bit of a panic because <laughs> it's not a very easy staff to to get. So, yeah, I can imagine. You know, um, and here we are on our way to a raid uh, in Zulgarub, and I have no staff. So thankfully, it was just in my inventory, and all I had to do was just re-equip it. But woo. Right. Well, actually, the I, I do have to say one uh, very positive thing about 1.9 is the war effort quests that were put in place to open up uh, the new instance. And I, I've heard varying opinions about having to go through all of these quests to open the instance when there were a lot of people who were just kind of expecting that this patch would come in and the instance would be there and they could go right into it. Mm-hmm. But they put in these quests where you have to turn in 
various items, bandages, skins, cooked items, herbs, and metal bars, to supply the war effort. And once your faction has supplied everything, then the instances will open up. Okay. And I, I've heard a couple of different opinions on this. There are some people who really think it's cool, and there's other people who were kind of upset that, you know, at the rate that some people are, uh, some of these servers are going, it's going to probably be a good month at least before the server, uh, before the instance opens on that server. Mm-hmm. But um, I like it because the turn-ins give faction and reputation, and I have this, I have developed this very strange idea that my undead warrior is going to go after a wolf mount. Okay. In Orgrimmar. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a glutton for punishment. And so to do that, in order to get a, a mount from a opposite fact, from a faction that's not your own, you have to have exalted reputation with that faction. And that's a lot of reputation. It takes 12,000 reputation points to get from the bottom to top of Honored. Mm-hmm. And then an additional 21,000 21, to, yeah. to get from... Uh, get from the bottom of revered to exalted so that's a lot of work mm-hmm. and a lot of expense but i i've kind of categorized the people who are doing the war effort into into three categories one being the people who want to open the instance and i know there's a lot of guilds that are really working hard to gather items to get the instances opened the second one is people like me who are doing it for reputation. And the third are the war profiteers. The people who are <laughs> <laughs> who are selling the things to be turned in at grossly inflated prices. Yeah. Uh I was looking on my on the Cadgar server and copper bars are going for like two and a half gold a stack. Wow. What about rune cloth? A stack of rune cloth? Um, I've seen it as low as three gold a stack, but seven three to eight gold. Three gold. That's the low. That's it used to be a G, maybe a G, maybe one point two on Whisperwind. Uh, no, the low is three right now. Um, oh man. I, I was looking on Scarlet Crusade. You you want prices that'll curl your hair. Rune cloth bandages. People are trying to sell those for seventeen to eighteen gold a oh stack. Oh my god! Oh my god! Now you know. Granted, it does take. I, I think it's two forty first aid to to be able to make rune cloth bandages. Uh huh. But come on, seventeen to eighteen 17 gold, gold a stack. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the war effort quests, just a very quick rundown. What they are is each one has three, each each category has three different uh, turn-in mobs, and you can find these either in the Valley of Spirits in Orgrimmar or in the Military Ward in Ironforge. And each one of these will take certain items, like the, uh, the, rune, the rune cloth bandages, the mage weave bandages, or wool bandages for Horde. And some of them are the same for Alliance, but some of them are also different. I believe Alliance is linen, silk, and runecloth bandages. And for every stack of 20 of these that you turn in, you get a box. And the box contains some item of value. 
and a couple of scrolls, like scrolls of intellect and protection and such like that. And the better your t turn in, like um, say you turn in runecloth bandages, you're going to get an item somewhere between level 50 and I think the highest I've seen is a 58 item in the box. Hmm. Um, so you can get some valuable items. And in fact, occasionally you can get a blue item. Oh, that's I got, nice. I got a medallion of Grand Marshal Morris out of one of those boxes. Plus, then the first time you, you turn this in, you for any one of them, even the low-level ones, you get 10 commendation signets. And these commendation signets you can you can get for you can save them up and then you can turn them in either for faction from one of the four faction commendation officers like in an under the undercity commendation officer or the stormwind commendation officer and every 10 of those that you turn in you get 75 reputation with that faction mm, okay well, 75 is nice 75 it, is really nice it's really nice because i think a stack of rune cloth only gives you what 50 yeah 50 50 so right now if you are do if you were doing those rune cloth turn-ins the the donation of rune cloth the first one you you turn in 60 and you get 150 reputation Ooh. but after that all the ones are 50 reputation for a stack of of 20 well now you turn those 20 into rune cloth bandages and you can turn them in for the war effort for 75 reputation and i actually figured this out that to go from the bottom of top of revered just on rune cloth is 420 stacks, mm -hmm. but if you do it with bandages, it's only 280 stacks. I, well, that's it's a lot less considering how long less. it takes to get that rune cloth. Because I'm still in the middle of revered on Darnassus with my night elf, and it's taking a very long time. Right, but you can really speed that up. But also because there's all these other quests that you can do, you can do leather or metal or or um, herbs or cooked items you've got a lot of different options for getting a lot of reputation now if you don't care about reputation you can also take those commendation signets and you can turn it in to what do they call them the um, oh the war effort commander there's one of those in in each of the areas they're mounted one's an orc one's a dwarf and if you turn in a certain number of signets and it depends on your level how many that is you can get another box that will contain mm -hmm. an item of value and some scrolls and I've gotten some very very nice items out of that box so it's it's really quite worth doing now you get 10 signets for each time the first time you turn it in but then afterwards like copper bars you'll only get one signet or um, I think for the thick leather instead of the rugged leather, you only get seven. So the higher the item, the more signets you get as well. Okay. But hmm. it's it's a fun. It's actually kind of fun. It's definitely been keeping me out of trouble. And my <laughs> um, my Vivian, my my undead warrior, has gone from forty eight to fifty one this week, partially on just farming leather and felwood. Oh, okay. Fifty. Well, you're getting close to sixty. Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, not quite. I'm. I'm not there yet. But I'm. I'm actually breathing down the neck of fifty-two right now. So, but uh -huh. if this quest so goes you'll be, on, uh, you'll be ready for Black Rock Depths anytime now. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> 
Actually, I did uh, I did Zul Farak a little bit last week too. I finished all the quests except the the hundred troll event, the the divinomatic thing, which we oh yeah we flubbed it up. We uh, didn't talk. We at the end of it, we didn't talk to Sergeant Bly right away, and he despawned. So I'm trying to decide if I'm going to go back there. Or uh, not. Well, yeah, I mean, I did that quest the first time we wiped. Um, I think the second time we finally got it right because we knew exactly where people had to be placed, put you know the healers on the top of the steps and everybody else a little down below. But I'm not going to go into that because um, it'll just go off on a tangent. But yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a, if you don't know what you're doing, you have to do that a few times before you finally get it right, or at least know somebody who tells you, you know you do this. Yeah. But anyway, you know if you're if if you're uh, into working reputation, the war effort is really a good. T- this is really a great time to get some really serious reputation gains because these are all repeatable. You can do them as often as you want until they get all of their supplies, mm-hmm. and then I imagine that those quests are going to close up. Right. Now, what you're seeing, if you go if you go to the official site, you'll see you can actually go to a web page that will show you where your server mm-hmm. is in in ranking to other servers and on your individual servers, who, how much has been gathered of what. Right. I'm looking at it now. Uh, Manroth is number two. Whisperwind mm-hmm. is actually number 11 out of oh, 106. Oh, number 10 earlier. Oh, no, we're slipping. <laughs> You're slipping. I think Cadgar's like 68 or something oh, is like it? that. Med- yeah, we... Mediv is uh, number one. And the last... Uh, we got eight here that are like down the bottom. I'm not going to list them, but yeah, they're they're pretty pathetic. Zero percent. There's well, some. I mean, I don't know what if these people are like two percent. I don't know what they're doing with their time, but I guess they don't really care about opening up this instance. <laughs> well, some of those may have been the new servers, which several uh, just opened up recently, and so you know what you're talking about is a lot of people who are very low level and are really not going to be interested in mm-hmm. taking advantage of this. But if if you also look at the at the the server breakdown for individual servers you'll notice that most of of what's being turned in are the higher level turn in items which tells me that most of the people who are doing these quests are not necessarily people who care so much about opening the instance they're farming reputation mhm so um like me <laughs> I don't really care whether the instance opens or not at this point but I really am using the opportunity to get serious reputation gains yeah. and it's it's worked pretty well I mean I went I was barely into honored when I started and I'm up to uh, 9,800 9, out of 12,000 in honored nice just Very nice since that opened so I'm working hard <laughs> <laughs> now you're working towards reputation for your mount yes right? that's it yes okay yes. see with me i already have my mount i already got my discounts so i really don't need reputation anywhere except for uh, maybe argent dawn mm-hmm. uh there's some really nice argent dawn items uh that you can get and then um, some of the pvp servers which I'm, i've been slowly working towards um that would be a really good segment to do at some point in the future is you know what you get from different factions right that and um i should also mention that to get the mount from your own faction you don't need really any specific reputation 
you just if you get honored, you get a ten percent discount. You also get a ten percent discount if you're a sergeant. Right, that's what it was. Right, I was wrong. And <laughs> that's where the, it, dis- the other discount came from. The, yeah, yeah, it you, came from being a sergeant. That's right, um, or better. Mm-hmm. And but if you want a reputation from a different faction, you need to be exalted. Well, you can buy the mount, but you can't buy the riding lessons. Mm-hmm. Which without which the mount really doesn't do you any good. Yeah. Um, but it's you know it's just kind of one of those stupid things. You don't have to get a. a mount from another faction is just one of those stupid things that you do to waste time <laughs> i know somebody who had four mounts all four of them yeah all four of them oh my god yeah my former guild leader had four mounts it was it was amazing i know that uh, well he get five there's isn't there there's a rare drop tiger mount too out of one of the dungeons i've seen there's a tauren on uh whisperwind i believe who's got it okay and let me tell you, a torn on a, on a, a torn on a tiger. Torn on a tiger looks really strange. <laughs> and then there's um, that's not the one that drops in Stratholme, is it? I don't. That's a that's, a, that's a horse that drops in Stratholme. No, so I guess there are six mounts. I I don't know. I I, I don't want to say that I know. I think it drops in Zolgrub, but that's right. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure one. on that. So. Don't quote me on that. Okay. <laughs> what what other one nine issues were there? Oh, let's see. There was a there was. Let's see. Well, I, I don't know if there's any more one nine issues that really need. Okay. Discussing that's a kind of a side issue. That's kind of a side comment there. Don't okay. add that one in though. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that's it on. on well, nine. I mean, there's. You know, there's still a lot of random bugs and problems with with 1.9, but they're trying to put hot fixes on as quickly as they can. They've already fixed a number of problems. Mm-hmm. They're aware of the other problems. They're talking about putting out a mini patch to fix some of them, like the warrior charge problem, for example. Yeah, they would have to. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's every, every class has got some things that aren't working mm-hmm. right. I know, like... Warriors also uh, sweeping strikes isn't working correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, retaliation isn't working correctly. Every class has lists of things that, that were broken by this patch. Okay. So you know, so I guess the best advice is be patient and live through it as best you can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I can't see them not fixing the warrior patch fast because that would mean the entire west end of of wetlands would just be completely useless to warriors. Right. I mean, imagine charging over all that; you couldn't do it. No, you can't. Well, you don't. You just don't charge. You, yeah. know, you, you pretty much just forget that you've got that ability when you're in any watery areas. <laughs> we have some donations this week, which I want to mention, and I just want to say that I have not yet figured out how to get a note in a donation box um, so that you can tell me what name you want to use because we. I just don't feel comfortable using people's last names on a podcast. So. Um, we got donations this week from Walt, from Chris, and I did get an email from somebody who said, please use my name as Signu. So we want to thank these people for their donations. Yes, thank and you very much. It's all going to good use, read, network, bandwidth payments. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it all goes. <laughs> 
And uh, if you ever want to make a donation to the site, it's right there on the front page. It's www.worldofwarcast.com, and there's a make a donation button right on the front page. All right, last week, Renata did an excellent segment on Warriors, and she's going to continue with this week with, uh, you're going to do some talk about equipment? Right, and you know what? This is a officially a um, segment about warriors, I would like to say that a lot of this stuff is applicable to any classes, particularly melee, but not not uh, limited necessarily. Some of the things I will be talking about are specific to warriors, but um, a lot of it is, is more widely applicable. There's some kind of general equipment issues with warriors. Um, the statement that I've heard many times is, warrior is only as good as his or her equipment. And that's not entirely true, but it is true that a warrior with substandard equipment is really going to struggle. Right, true. Um, Repair bills on your armor are going to get very, very high, especially late in the game. I mean, right now, my warrior's 51, and it's pretty routine for her to spend gold, two gold on repairs. And that's just kind of a daily sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So. It's something, you know, if you're going to be up close and personal with the mobs, you're going to get beat on and your equipment's going to suffer for it. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to pay for equipment even if you don't die. Right. Right. I just, oh, yeah. I only say that because I know there are some people that aren't too sure about that. I mean, I know, but, um, yeah, you, you will get repair bills regardless of whether or not you die. When you die, uh, you lose 10%, and you're going to have to pay a hefty fee on that. Well, and if you re- if you spirit res, you're going to take 25% or uh, durability. Right. So, but even just in normal wear and tear, hitting with weapons, blocking with your shield, getting hit by by mobs, it is going to take durability off your armor, and you're going to have to repair it. You need to choose your upgrades carefully. You're going to have to upgrade a lot as a warrior, um, but you know these equipment upgrades can be very expensive. Instance gear is a very important source of upgrades because, number one, it's some of the best stuff that you can get anyway. But number two, it's free. And, you know, free gear is good. <laughs> now, if you have to buy it, you're going to have to buy a certain portion of your of your gear in the auction house just to stay current because, you know, you can go a long time and not get a replacement for a few pieces of equipment. Now, one of the things that you may want to consider when you're looking at equipment is that blue items can be more expensive but they're also going to last you longer whenever you're looking at a blue item you want to look at items that are about six or seven levels ahead of it Mm -hmm. and compare them if you can get a, a not very expensive blue that can hold you for six or seven levels, that can be less expensive than upgrading greens every other level. Mm-hmm. And you'll get more benefit for that period. That, that's one of the things that I would do when I would look on the auction house. I would, I would foolishly look at stuff that was only for my current level rather than looking ahead. Right. And once I started looking ahead, then I started getting gear that would last longer. Exactly. And, you know, that segues very nicely into my first point about the first class of equipment I'm going to talk very briefly about, and that's armor. You're going to want to have the best armor class that you can get for your level. And until 40, that's male. And past 40, that's plate. But on the point that the Starman just made, you don't want to stop start shopping for plate armor when you turn 40. Because 
armor that's level 40 is in very high demand from other warriors who are making that transition. I started looking for my plate armor on my warrior when I was about level 30. Because, first of all, that gives you a feel for what the prices are going to be. It allows you to be able to spot a bargain. And you can buy the pieces in a bit more leisurely manner. You aren't going to be like, oh my god, I've got to buy this now because I, I can wear a plate. You can, you can take your time and kind of shop around. Plate is not always better than mail at the very lowest levels. In fact, the green iron hauberk, which is probably one of the most popular warrior pieces, the male hauberk that blue, it's a blue that you get around level 31, is actually better than some plate chests that you can get at level 40. Uh, I think that my, I think that, that Vivian wore her green iron hauberk until level 42 when she found something that was better. And, and plate armor also has one kind of curious quality to it in that unlike other armor types they can have very wide variability of armor class even within the same level. You look at a le level 40 leather for example pretty much all the, the pieces are, are this, you know all the chests are about the same armor class. That's not true with plate and you really need to be careful and watch this just I was just took an example of five different plate chests that all green they were all level 40 and they ranged in armor classes from 300 to 437 mm -hmm. I mean that's a huge difference yeah. among pieces um one thing I would like to say about the Jouster's armor that drops in Scarlet Monastery, it's it's some of the early plate that you can get from drops. Uh, and it's it's also bind on equip, so you will see it in the auction house quite a bit. Um, is it tends to have much lower armor class for its level, so I wouldn't bother with any of the Jouster's armor. You can get better later. Um, but as I said, you need to be aware of that that variability in plate armor and really shop carefully. But start definitely start early and start accumulating your pieces. So when you turn level 40, you can just go to your bank, change clothes, and you're all set to go. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Yeah, it's, you know, in any class where you've got that switch over, and this can apply not just to the warriors, but also to, to shaman and to hunters who, who change from leather to male, that you don't want to put off doing this until you... you want to get it now. Start working on it a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. um, that's really all I'm going to say about armor because really with warriors it's very simple. Armor class, armor class, armor class. Um, other st stats are good. The stamina and the, and the strength and the agility especially. But armor class is all pretty much with, with, when you're making armor choices. Melee weapons is where you start getting into the into more of an area where people have some confusion. First thing I'd say about about melee weapons is the best weapon that you that you can get is always the one that drops that you don't know how to use. If you don't know how to use it, chances are <laughs> that's the best thing that's going to be that's going to be available to you, and then you're not going to know if you're going to roll on it or not. Warriors really need <laughs> to learn as many different weapons as possible and keep them updated to give themselves the most choices. And, I mean, if you're other class, it, for other classes too, other than warriors, um, 
you know, don't be afraid to experiment with the different weapons. The only thing I will say about that is I've never seen a good fist weapon. Have you? Um, no. I mean, I've seen maybe two drop ever. Mm-hmm. And they're very rare, and, and I've never seen anybody use them. Maybe a rogue, but not, not, not a warrior. Not at all. Right. But um, there's a wide variety of weapons that you can use. Uh, I, I, the only weapon I can think of that a warrior can't use is a wand. So you want to make sure that you know as many different weapons and you keep them as up-to-date as possible. And as I mentioned in the last cast, in- intellect is what determines your weapon skilling, so use potions and, um, and scrolls when you're learning. Mm-hmm. Now, there's three features of every weapon, and people generally only pay attention to one of them. The first feature is base damage, which tells the minimum and the maximum damage of that weapon. That's how much it will do unaffected by, unmitigated by armor, strength, agility, crits, etc. That's just the base damage of the weapon. Mm -hmm. Second feature is the speed. And that's the number of seconds that it takes between strikes. And the general range is, I think the fastest weapon out there is 1.1. And the slowest is around 4. DPS, damage per second, is the one that most people pay attention to, usually to the exclusion of of the other things. DPS is a damage per second. That's the average of the base damage divided by the weapon speed. For example, uh, Wirt's third leg, which is a one-handed mace, the base damage is 49 to 91, which gives it an average damage of 70. The speed is 2.3. That means that the DPS is 31.7. So you Mm -hmm. you divide 70 by 2.3, and that gives you the DPS. Now, most people only look at what the DPS on on the weapon is without looking at the other numbers. And that can be a mistake depending on exactly what you're looking for. There's also a lot of people who think that if they may look at the speed and think, oh, it's a faster weapon, that means it has to be better. (laughs) And a faster weapon is not always better. It is better under certain circumstances, but not in others. Faster weapons are better if, for example, it procs. Most weapon procs, and what I mean by proc, for those of you who are new to MMORPGs, a proc is the weapon does something when it hits, or it has a chance to do something when it hits. Like Mm -hmm. a fiery weapon enchant is a proc, which will do 40 extra fire damage, has a chance to do 40 extra fire damage when it hits. So the more times it hits, the more chances it has to proc. Faster Weapons might also be good if you've got certain talents which fire on a per-hit basis. For example, mm-hmm. in the Warrior Tree under Fury, there's one called Unbridled Rage, which gives you an increased chance of generating extra rage every time you hit. So if you're hitting more often, you've got more chances to build rage. And if you have very high agility, the more chances that you have to crit, the again, favors a faster weapon. But... There are times when a faster weapon is not necessarily good. One of them is damage mitigation. And this can be a heavily armored opponent. It could also be um, some magical effects. 
will take off certain amount of damage and the way World of Warcraft seems to do damage mitigation mostly is raw number for example the um, level 5 shaman totem stone skin which they get at level 44 will reduce melee damage by 20 points so it's taking 20 okay. points off every time you hit if you have a faster weapon with lower damage and it's taking 20 points off every one of those hits it's actually going to do less damage over time than a weapon with the same DPS that's hitting slower. Now it may be a little a little funky to understand but I'm just going to give an example. Um, say you've got two weapons that have an da- average DPS of 20. One of them has a speed of 2 and the other has a speed of 3. Mm-hmm. Which means the faster weapon's hitting for an average of 40 points per strike. And the slower weapon is hitting for an average of 60 points per strike. Now Assume that this totem is in effect and it's taking 20 points off each hit. Now, over an 18 second fight, the faster weapon will hit 9 times for 20 damage, mm-hmm. or 180 points. The slower weapon will hit 6 times for 40 points each, or 240 points. If that was a little hard to follow, think of it this way. you got a heavily armored opponent. Which would you rather have, a battle axe or a dagger? <laughs> battle axe <laughs> exactly you want one whack to go straight through the guy you don't want to be getting going bing 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 trying to you know getting in your knife is clinking on the outside of the armor faster weapons generally do less they hit more often but they do less damage right it's a balance that they put into the game exactly and so you, what you what you have is if you're going against a very heavily armored opponent this you want to get out your slowest weapon because it's going to be able to, it's going to be able to be l- the least affected by that damage mitigation. The other way that a faster weapon is not always a good idea is if the if the thing you're going against has a damage shield like oh, thorns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like say you're going after oh a druid. <laughs> <laughs> what he would love you to do is take out your two fastest weapons, dual wield. And go after him as fast as you can and just take yourself apart on his damage shield. That's right. So when you see a druid, pick out the slowest, heaviest, hardest hitting one. You want to look at the speed and the base damage. And that's the one you want to go after the druid on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giving all your secrets away here. No, but... shh, 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 It's all right. We can still kick Rogue's butt. <laughs> and... Um, the other thing that uh, you want to think about with weapons is it's very popular um, to enchant weapons because, of course, you can add all sorts of cool stuff to them. Mm-hmm. You can add plus damage, you can add procs and whatever. And the other way in which speed comes into effect is you get if you can't afford to enchant all of your weapons and you need to make choices, realize you're going to get much more benefit of enchanting your faster weapons than you will enchanting your slower weapons. Mm-hmm. The pluses to damage that enchanting gives you don't add them to your DPS. They add to your base damage. So if you want to know how much DPS an enchant is going to give, you divide the enchant number, say it's plus 5, by the speed of your weapon. So for example, a a weapon with a 1.8 speed is going to gain a DPS of 2.8. You're going to do an average of 2.8 more damage per hit. Mm Mm-hmm. But on a weapon that's got a um, 
speed of 3.4, that's only going to add 1.5 DPS. So the faster your weapon, the more DPS you're going to get out of that base weapon enchant. Mm, right, right. Same with a weapon proc. The faster your weapon, the more chances it's got to proc. So, you know, don't... If you have to make a choice between putting a fiery uh, a fiery enchant on a fast weapon or a slow weapon, put it on the fast weapon. Um, consider stat increases to your slower weapons, particularly if they've got a built-in proc. Like, for example, the True Silver Champion is a sword which procs a one of those holy shields that absorbs damage. If you put an agility enchant on that, it'll increase your rate. Of, it'll increase the the chances that that's going to proc for you. Right. Now, you know, there's the other thing that um, warriors like to talk about with weapons is, do you go two-handed, do you go dual-wield, or do you go one-handed and shield? And there's a lot of considerations when you're deciding kind of what your weapon setup's going to be. One is going to be your spec. And I'll talk more about, wep about warrior talents in, in another segment, but... Um, for example, people who are use heavily the, on the Fury Tree tend to go more with, with uh, two weapons because more of their talents are geared toward uh, more crits, um, per hit sorts of things, and also a dual-wield specialty. Mm -hmm. Generally, most, people, most warriors are going to be able to do more of their damage with um, a two-handed weapon. You'll see that's a very popular thing, especially ones who have arms specification and have specializations which hold up for using the heavier, harder-hitting weapons. One-handed and shield is not something that I use routinely except when, like, tanking high-level bosses in instances. Mm -hmm. Just because with that, it's a little harder to keep the rage up. And... Um, but the added protection and stats that you get with a shield really are sometimes what you need to do. And I, I do know that, that much higher level warriors than myself will often go into a protection spec to for the sheer purpose of tanking these really high level instances. And they will tend to use sword and shield a little more often. Okay. Um, now, in a higher level instance, let's say you're in um, let's say you're in Blackrock Spire mm -hmm. and you're just tanking things. Now, in that particular instance you would want to go wear protection well that's Be my under my understanding of it and i'm not that high so i've just gone going with what i have heard mm -hmm. from other warriors. all right let's, let's say zulfarak <laughs> zulfarak i mean generally the the usual thing is to go with some sort of, of combination of arms and fury until you hit the very high 50s or 60s simply because it's a lot harder to level on a protection spec because if you go protection spec, basically that's what you're doing. You're tanking instances. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they would they have more shield specializations and such like that, as I understand it. Um, so they would probably use sword and shield more than me, the leveling warrior, mm -hmm. would would consider doing. But I really, honestly, I don't use, at this point, I don't use sword and shield a great deal, just sometimes. I was looking at it from the point of view of, uh, usually when I do uh, a raid instance like that, there's a main tank, 
mm-hmm. and then there's I mean assist and right. to be honest I just because I I don't play neither a rogue a hunter or a warrior as a main mm-hmm. nor have I ever gotten any of the I mean I've played them as alts but I never got them past like level twelve so <laughs> um, I got bored but I was just wondering you know the mechanics of that because you know it, I, I never really paid attention to what the warrior was actually doing was it doing dps or was it doing tanking and it's you know some like let's say a wizard do the dps and well, Jack- there's a balance there that i just never really understood because it just never took the time to to really learn it well generally the main tank is concentrating on keeping aggro and however what however that warrior is set up and whatever the best tools that they have to do that um, and that's a combination of their of their spec and mm-hmm. the different uh, warriors can go in and out of different stances, which is another thing I'll talk about in a different in a different segment. They have different abilities. Uh, there is a protection. There's an actual protection stance that you can go into that has a lot of abilities for taunting and um, one one called you know revenge and you know things that that generate high levels of threat, all for the purposes of gaining aggro. So you know really they're not so much those those warriors are not worried so much about being you know in the top three for DPS. They're just worried about keeping attention on themselves okay. and how, whatever tools that they have to to do that. Now fury warrior is really going to be much more geared toward DPS. But you don't find, you know, you do find some really high-level Fury Warriors, um, but generally they're not playing main tank so much. They may be off-tanking more. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, I also wanted to say something briefly about ranged weapons, because Warriors can use uh, bows, crossbows, guns, and thrown weapons. But generally it's only for one purpose, and that's pulling. Mm -hmm. Bringing mob from point A to point B. That's really about all that they're they're interested. So you're only going to get off a single shot most of the time. This factors into your choice for what you what you want. Now the problem with bow pulling is it is necessary. Uh, bow pulling, range pulling, whatever weapon you're using. I'm probably going to continue to call it bow pulling just for just out of habit. Right. The problem with bow pulling is that <laughs> unlike uh, the, the the problem with bow pulling that unlike charge you're not generating any rage when you do it. So, but and you're not necessarily having that big first strike. The thing you want to try to do when you bow pull is you do want to try to hit them pretty hard because that initial damage will give you a little bit of aggro mm-hmm. and it will get you started. So given that you're only going to shoot once, you're not going by the way, for a warrior, don't get an ammo bag. Because an ammo <laughs> bag, all that does is take up space. And all it does is increase the speed of your shooting. You don't have auto-shoot. you got to click every time you shoot. And, as I said, you're, most of the time you're only going to get one shot off anyway before the mob's right in your face. So don't get an ammo bag. Don't worry about the speed of the weapon. Look at the base damage. When you're picking a ranged weapon, pick one with the highest base damage. Don't worry about DPS. You don't care how many seconds. You just want to hit him as hard as you can that first time. After you hit the mob, can you switch weapons? Oh, yeah. Well, you do automatically. Okay. Um, but um, the, the problem is, and I've, I've had this problem before where 
you bow pull and then someone hits it with a spell or something coming in and aggro goes to them. Um, part of that is their failure to manage their own aggro, but right. one of the things that you can do to try to mitigate that as a warrior is if you're going to use a ranged weapon to pull, is to make that as hefty as possible and hit him as hard as you can the first time. Mm, so I've seen that. I, I do recommend using, you know, as I said, when you pick a ranged weapon, don't look at the DPS, don't look at the speed, look at the base damage. Get the highest one you can. Um, use a scope. Scope will add plus seven to your base, up to plus seven to your base damage. The sniper mm -hmm. scope is the best one. Um, the other considerations that you need when picking a uh, picking a ranged weapon is availability in your in stats. Crossbows are probably the best for kind of the howitzer effect. They they're extremely slow, but they hit very hard. Mm -hmm. But they're also very rare, so they can be pretty hard to find. Bows and and guns are best kind of for most everyday use, and get something with stats on them because if you got to be carrying this thing around anyway, it might as well be doing you some good. Mm -hmm. Don't use thrown weapons. Uh, I know that that trolls get a thrown weapon bonus. Um, they now get a bow bonus, but you can't ever get stats on a thrown weapon. So you're you're throwing away a slot where you can put stats. Use a bow or a gun or a crossbow. Mm -hmm. um, just very quickly, there are lots of other little bits and pieces that uh, warriors can get for equipment. Armor kits, which are used to add armor class to four, uh, four of the different items. Um, enchantment on weapons, I already mentioned. Steel weapons chain, really nice because they, if you put one on a weapon, it will prevent you from being disarmed. Mm -hmm. An iron counterweight will improve your weapon speed by 3%, which you might want to do the math if you're considering this, because if you put this on a really slow weapon, sometimes that will do more to raise your DPS than putting a, we a weapon enchant on it. Um, also, shield spikes, if you are using a shield, will damage the opponent every time he hits your shield, so it's like it's basically turning your shield into a damage shield as mm. well. Okay. But one thing I want to mention about the chains, the counterweights, and the spikes, you can't have these and an enchantment on them at the same time. Um, oh. you, have, you can only have one or the other. Okay. So, the other thing yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we have the same thing. We have uh, on my leather stuff, I have armor kits, and you can't mix an armor kit with, like, health plus five. Exactly. Or anything like that. Yeah, it's I either one or the other, which, which can be a problem sometimes, especially when you really want to switch from one to another, depending on the situation. Right, exactly. And, you know, I've, I've done that before where I'll, I have one weapon. I always have one weapon in my inventory that's got a weapon chain on it because I disarm drives me absolutely insane. Um, but I have another weapon, maybe even of a similar type, that has a demon slaying enchant for when I'm fighting demons. You know, so you can kind of mix and match your weapons based on, um, based on your situation. Right. Um, uh, just a quick mention of other things that I'm never without. I'm never without uh, potions to help buff myself um, to improve my AC, improve my stats. Also scrolls. I've been getting a lot of those. The war effort quest. Bandages and stat boots. Um, there are a few mods that I would just like to mention that can help you with managing your equipment. 
Uh, the new t version of Titan Bar has a little cool little gadget on it called Item Bonuses. Mm -hmm. That's new. I like it a lot. And basically what that allows you to do is roll over that and you'll get a little screen that pops up. And it tells you what are the accumulated bonuses for your stats or mm -hmm. for other pluses that you've got. Right. With me, I had no idea what my health bonus was, my healing bonus. Hmm. No idea at all because there, was a, there wasn't anything that said, you know, this is what it was. And I kept asking people, well, well how do you figure it out? And they, they would say, well, you got to go through each item and, and add it up manually. Well, that's great except when, you know, a month goes by and maybe you've swapped out a couple of items and you got to do it all over again. It's nice that Titan Bar actually says now your healing bonus is 130. Hmm. Yeah. And they also have one, one of them called durability. And that will give you a little percentage of what the overall durability of your stuff is so you'll know long before your armor starts turning yellow and red that hmm, maybe i've got to go visit the repair guy and you know. <laughs> somebody's got to drop a repair bot right exactly um another mod that i find very useful is called tank points and what tank points does is it assigns a numeric value to the various stats armor class um, your crit chance your parry chance your block chance etc and it displays this as a numeric value. So you can tell by switching your equipment around, the higher the number by this guy's um, by this by this guy's formula, the higher the number that you get on tank points, the better your this equipment setup is mm -hmm. specifically for tanking. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a complicated little calculator because you can actually put in other numbers and you know see how changing certain things would change your tank points. But it's it's kind of useful. And um, the other one that I haven't gotten to work yet because apparently the patch broke it is called <laughs> Wardrobe. And what Wardrobe is supposed to do, if I can get it to work, is um, allow you to make yourself wardrobe sets. So you can have your tanking set versus your riding my horse set with your, right. with your carrot on a stick and your... And your boots with the spurs on them or you're walking around town set where you can wear your tuxedo or whatever <laughs> um which yeah i didn't like that i didn't like the fact that i i had to manually switch everything all the time yeah and um as i said i'm i 1.9 has got it a little bit screwed up but it's screwed up a lot of mods um but uh, once that gets fixed i'll be anxious to see how that works because one thing that i, I forgot to mention under weapons was one of the most useful tips that I ever got was to hotkey my weapons. And I went under, the un, right under the, the general interface panel, and my I brought up the right action bar. And my right action bar is nothing but my weapons. So I can switch my weapons just by clicking on that. I don't have to go digging through my bags. Especially when I'm trying to level up my weapons, and I'm, I'm like, oh, well, I've leveled out this weapon. I need to change to something else mm -hmm. to get that caught up to level. I don't have to go digging through my bags to find my weapons. I just click and boom, I've, I've, I've changed weapons. Right. So that's that's very, very helpful. So that's it on kind of warrior equipment 101. <laughs> and uh, hopefully there's some stuff that the non-warriors could take out of this as well. Oh, I'm sure there are, there are a lot of people that find that very helpful. I mean, even me. I mean, I you know I learned a few things from that because I've never <laughs> really played a warrior past 12 like i said <laughs> <laughs> and and as it is i mean you know i'm going to do a, a segment on uh, on leading a, a raid and it's interesting that i mean you have to know what all your classes are capable of doing 
Because if you mm-hmm. don't, then, you know, you're not going to tell everybody, well, just go shoot things. You know, you have to maybe sometimes, even though you're the raid leader and even though you you might have a level 60 tank, maybe they're just not quite sure how to play the character in that particular instance. So, don't don't yeah. all paladins just want to be heal bots? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know some paladin bright. so that's it for this week and i just want to thank our listeners again for listening and you know their support and coming back to the podcast Uh, you can always visit our website at www.worldofwarcast.com we still only have forums yes but they're starting to come back to life people are posting and we're looking for your comments suggestions uh yes thank you my first effort at this. I really appreciate all of the good time together. <laughs> and um, said, you know, come by the forums and tell us what you think. Yeah, uh, if you want to leave us voicemail, you can leave us voicemail on Skype. The ID is World of Warcast. Very easy to remember. And we'll figure out something to do with the, uh, with the voicemails that we get. We haven't figured it out quite yet what we're going to do, but <laughs> we'll make it fun. Try to make leave it us, fun. Leave us some voicemails so we've got something to play with. <laughs> if you want to email Renata, her email address is Renata at worldofwarcast.com. Azros is MIA again. <laughs> oh, yes. But he's with us in spirit. Right. Or you can email Starman at Starman at worldofwarcast.com. So until next week, be safe and talk to you later. <laughs>